We are just a few days away from Cactus League games starting, and we're going to talk about today Kai France and his possible bounce back season and what he's looking like coming out of driveline, as well as some of the news and notes that we're hearing about spring training down in Peoria. We're going to finish it up by talking about Jerry DePoto's radio spot, I guess, over on KJR, where he talked about adding more free agents. Thank you guys so much for watching episode 63 of the Hit It Here podcast, part of the Believe Network, the Jesus Montero episode of the Hit It Here podcast. Joe, I know that you're a big Jesus Montero fan. Tell me about it. Uh, you know, I gave a pretty resounding nod there. A pretty pretty resounding nod is how I would describe my reaction to Jesus Montero getting name dropped on the pod. It's exciting, you know. I wouldn't say I'm the biggest Jesus Montero fan out there, but I, I enjoyed me some Jesus Montero back in the day. I've been, you know, we're good. And seeing Ty France, I think, the, the, the good news coming out of spring training so far about Ty France's offseason, you can bet on a Ty France bounce back in 2024, but quickly a word from Bet Online. The Super Bowl is done and dusted, but you know who's not done and dusted? Bet Online. And with the MLB season coming next, and all baseball fans can rejoice because the Super Bowl is done. That means it's baseball season. We've got next. And Bet Online has you covered all season long, even before the season starts. And say you're, you know, wanting to continue to play some bets until the MLB season really kicks into gear. The NBA and NHL are right there, readily available for you. And BetOnline has the best up-to-date news, odds, trends, and predictions for all your betting needs. And they've got you covered with desktop access and mobile access as well. With that being said, with the MLB season rolling around, the Mariners looking like they're in pretty good shot to make a run at this thing. And with how the odds are set up right now, it might not be a bad idea to maybe make a cheeky little bet for the World Series. I've got some good faith that Bet Online has us covered all season long and that the Mariners will do us some justice this year as well. Bet Online, the game starts here. Going back to the 2022 offseason where JP Crawford was there, the big the big question mark for JP was how is he going to grow as a player in 2023 and at driveline they were targeting his mechanics, getting, you know, attacking the ball earlier and increasing his bat speed. And from Kyle Bodie, Colton, Bodie, not body. There was a post back in September of 2023 talking about what they wanted to work on with JP at driveline. And they, in that post is on Twitter, said that if they increased his bat speed by two miles per hour, everything would just jump off the page. Everything else would just kind of fall in line. And JP in 2023 did increase his bat speed by about two miles per hour. Ty France, it's been said that he's already up three and a half miles per hour. Of course, the swings, the paths, all the mechanics are a bit different. There was a, a video that I think Divish posted of Ty in the cage kind of showing off his mechanics. The little bat wiggle, the little circle thing that he was doing seems to be a little bit either just gone completely or very much so muted, like not nearly as prevalent in his load. It looks like his mechanics are, you know, tightened up quite a, quite a good bit. And that bat speed, if we're worried about, say, Ty France's exit velocity, his barrel percentage, whatever, that bat speed was key for JP. There's no reason in my mind for it, like, to not correlate for Ty France as well. Like, this bounce back for Ty, it's going to be glorious. Yeah, he t he went on and talked about it a little bit. I think he had like a interview or something i don't know what it was but he said that he didn't realize how bad his swing was i think those are his those are his words like mm -hmm. he said that his his swing and his mechanics were just terrible 
And once he went to driveline and started to break it down bit by bit, he realized what he was doing wrong. So theoretically, he should be able to get the barrel to the ball a little bit more, and he should be able to keep his bat in the zone longer with this new swing. I think that, and he's leaner. He just looks more athletic. So maybe, you know what? Maybe we'll see some stolen bags out of Ty this year. You stop it right now. Thoughts? <laughs> but, you know, I mean, he is like the slowest guy on the team. So I'd like to see him uh, you know, it, not be. It could be a step in the in the right direction for Ty if he's looking a little bit more lean, a little bit more athletic. Maybe he won't be the slowest guy. His, his 2023 sprint speed percentile was seven. Pretty, pretty blue. Right. And looking at some of his other 2023 percentiles, he was 18th or the 18th percentile on average eggs velocity. It's not very good for a guy that you want to be. If he's not a big power guy, like, you know, he's not. We never thought Ty France was going to be a 30 homer guy more closer to like the 25 range. But last year with only 12, that's a big step down from his previous year. I think it was 20 or 21. And, you know, his average exit velocity didn't drop that much from 2022 to 2023. He was the 24th percentile in 2022. But just knowing that what we saw out of JP and what we saw the big jump happen for him, I can't, like, I don't know. It's another thing that I'm saying. I can't imagine. I, you know, it doesn't exist outside my, my thought process here of, like Ty France having a more prolific offensive approach was going to be one of the best Mariners additions this offseason that I think a lot of people can agree with because it was a big piece that we were missing from the 2023 team was his presence at the plate in 20 like from 2022 and years past so if he's back to even just I mean 2022 2022 was good but we're mainly looking at like the first half of that year if he's close to that dude's gonna be an all-star again i think that i go back to his his 2023 season and i look mainly i talked about this in the video that i did on him a couple weeks ago now his his spray chart he was not using the whole field like he had in the past and i think that when you're ty france you're not a guy you're not a first baseman who's gonna crush 30 home runs so you need to be able to use the whole ballpark because if you're not you're a very one-dimensional player he was definitely trying to hit home runs last year like he realized that his power was gone and he was trying to hit home runs that's why his fly ball percentage went up in 2023 he wasn't hitting the ball to the right side which i mean i think i remember the i think it was opening night yeah it was opening night off of karen check yeah the little yeah, he, uh, opposite yeah. field homer that barely squeaked out but yeah you know it was but a pretty like, prototypical ty france home run it looked like for just kind of like oh he got to that ball and he managed to hit it out like mm -hmm. ties ties there it's just over the full length of the season, never really kind of continued that trajectory, I would say. Yeah, and I think that getting into spring training, he's looking like someone who's going to be back to, like you said, early 2022 Ty France. And if he can do that while hitting, I don't know, probably sixth or seventh in this lineup, I think that you're going to be in a really good spot for having one through nine, your lineup be A, longer, and B, just offensively better all around. I think that adding... Early 2022 Ty France would mean the world to this team. For spring training, since we're talking about spring training, what have you heard, Joe, around around the uh, the the Twitter sphere or the X sphere? Mm, I'm I, I am very much so in the camp that I don't want to call it X. So I usually just refer to it as Twitter against my lack of professionalism, or not against with my lack of professionalism, I guess. Yeah, the we're not professional. That's no. I think that's why you guys like us. It's because we're very unprofessional. Wait, they like us? Well, you guys pretend to like us. 
yeah, it's a, never mind. I'm not going to continue with that. I would say the thing that has stood out to me the most, it was, I think Logan on KJR, I think that's where it was, mentioned two things. Bryce Miller hit 98 in a pen. So if he's able to kind of stick around the higher 90s, I don't want to say that we're expecting Miller to be in the high 90s every single outing, but that was something that we saw him struggle with was having the stamina to continue to stay in the mid to upper 90s. I wouldn't say we ever really saw Bryce Miller touch 97, 98 pretty consistently. Like he was more of like in the 93 to 95s, maybe in his better outings sitting at like 96. If he can consistently be there, that's going to be huge. And then in that same radio spot, I think I think it was the same one. I, I could be wrong, but mentioned that the most impressive or just like eye opening bullpen was from Carlos Vargas guy that we acquired in the offseason from the Geno trade from the Diamondbacks. If that's a guy that they can kind of tune in his stuff, because the big problem with him is his his control. Like he just has not been able to locate at the big league level. But we've known ever since we acquired him, he's a flamethrower with a pretty the potential to have a devastating breaking ball of a slider of some sort. This pumping 101, like this could just be what we all wanted Preylander to be, or you know, another addition to the Munoz Brash Santos three-headed monster. Now we're making like the four horsemen of the apocalypse bullpen, if we want to go that route. Just get real dark here for a second. Like Carlos Vargas, if he is able to locate. It's one of those things like this is what spring training is all about is like figuring out what works for these guys and like having them build upon it. He might not break camp with the team, but if he's, you know, say in Arkansas where Preylander was last year and he's not walking nearly as many guys as Preylander was, we could see him get called up really fast. Like that's the thing that I'm most, I think, curious about because also with last year, thinking about like things that were, I think, jumping off the page at us when Preylander was facing the Padres and he like made Tatis and well, he made Tatis and Machado look pretty silly. I'm pretty sure in that outing. And so it's like, sure, that was just spring training. Didn't really amount to anything. But like, if you can see something like that again out of Vargas and like have it potentially develop into more, I think that's a very, very exciting thing. But for you, what have you kind of, what what have you latched onto? Uh, I heard rumors that Emerson Hancock has looked really, really good. I, don't know, I think it was Divish that said it. Um, he's looked really good this spring and as the Mariners six starter and obviously first guy up, if somebody gets injured, I think that's a really good sign for the Mariners because they didn't, they, when they, when they traded Anthony DiSclefani, they kind of, they, they hurt their starting pitching depth. Obviously Austin Voss still around and whatnot, but Emerson Hancock is the guy that I look to who has the most potential, uh, obviously was a top five prospect for the Mariners for a while. Mm -hmm. But, you know, prospect fatigue and just some struggles for Hancock himself. But he wasn't terrible, in my opinion, when he came up in 2023. I think that's a big one. Emerson Hancock looking like the old Emerson Hancock. I think that, and we didn't talk about this, actually, before we started the podcast. So sorry about that. I just thought of it. Um, Tal Raleigh talking about, like, being with one team his whole career. Did oh, you, yeah. Did you hear about that? I did see that little, that little tidbit of, like, it's exciting to think about being like on one team for your entire career or whatever. I mean, extend the man now. Like, I don't know. I mean, I, I would have done it yesterday if I was the front office and had the money to do it. It's probably them trying to figure out their payroll situations in the years coming. But with Ray off the books in a couple, like, you know, for the next year or two years, if I'm assuming Hanniger will probably be on it for next year, but 
that's neither here nor there because he's got it's a player option right for mitch i think so so yeah there's and no way he'll, he's, he's taking it unless he goes crazy this yeah year. and then somehow gets like a play he plays himself into a better situation sure um i don't know i just i think cal is a guy that you want as a mariner for life and sure people are like oh we've got harry ford like what are we gonna do with harry ford cal can just dh when the time comes you know eventually all the catching he's doing is going to catch up to him <clears throat> catch up no all right <laughs> sorry I, I prefer mustard oh <laughs> mustard or ketchup no no spongebob references got it anyway anyway so mitch garver will be gone by that point when harry ford can really kind of like take over the the catching mantle i'd say and then cal can slide the dh and i'd say you'd probably trust cal to be like the second catcher i would say the backup but like he'd be the primary but he just fits better as a dh role potentially if you still keep harry ford as your catcher there's a little bit of time for that to develop like we're not really thinking about that for this season that's more of like a 2025 2026 conversation but there's room for it and harry ford he could move out of the infield and cal could still be catcher and and then once Garver's fully gone after the 2026 season, because there's an option there, that's probably when you have that conversation of like, okay, do we bring Harry Ford back to catching? Like, do we go out and sign somebody else? Or do we, you know, put our chips in a different basket? Like, I don't know. But Cal is a guy, I think when we talked about it last year, like guys, we need to extend right now. Our pick was Ty France, LOL. Bad year for that to to happen so i don't want to say cal raleigh's my pick right now and you know the bad fortune to go that way knock on wood but it, he just makes so much sense to be a mariner for life if we can get him here if you would have told me at the end of last season that six months from then cal raleigh was going to be saying that he wanted to be a mariner for life would have said nope don't believe no, you he doesn't. <laughs> i don't believe you after but i think that and this goes a long way, like what we talked about last podcast with Scott Service, you know, keeping Cal updated. When there's a relationship built between the front office and the players, or even, you know, the coaching staff and the players, that's important to a player. And they want to, that's why Mitch Hanniger loves it in Seattle. He knows everyone. He's comfortable there. There's a reason why you see a lot of players come back to Seattle. Don't get me wrong. There are plenty of issues with, with Mariners ownership, Mariners front office, what have you. But when it comes to and maybe it's just because we're more tuned in when it comes to players coming back in some sort of role. I feel like the Mariners do it better than anyone. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've seen, we just saw Danny Farquhar come back. Uh, Seth Mejia's Breen, I think is how you say his name is. Uh, yeah. Like the coach of the, the nuts. Maybe? I, th- I think he's done. Uh, I, he might be an Everett, but he's, yeah. he's in the minor league coaching system. I mean, Tom Wilhelmson mm-hmm. was there. It's not like officially a thing for him yet, but it was, I think it was yeah. more of like a feeling out situation. I mean, Ichiro's still in and around the ball club a ton. A guy that I think we would have wanted to see maybe come back in some capacity was Nelson Cruz. That one mm-hmm. didn't really happen. So, you know, maybe. Where did he go? He, 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 he's I think coaching he's, somewhere. Yeah, I think uh, I don't want to commit to saying the Dodgers. I agree. I think it's the Dodgers. It's either the Dodgers or the Padres. I think. But yeah, while you look that up, I don't, um, you know, Mike Cameron is a guy who's been around a lot around the ball club. Sam Tui Valala came back. Um, there's just a lot of former players that just come back to this organization for what re- for whatever reason. And it's really cool to see that they're able to extend their, you know, that reach of the front office of this team and bring back a lot of iconic faces. Obviously, Edgar was the hitting coach for a while as well. 
So I think that, and I think Griffey is Griffey part owner of the Sounders now or something. I don't remember. That's a great question. Did you find where Nelson Cruz went to coach? He's an advisor for the Dodgers. Oh, okay. The Seattle sports legend Ken Griffey Jr. and wife Melissa. Decision to join the Sounders was a family one in 2020. I'm a genius. Look at you. Thank you so much. But yeah, I think that signing Cal to an extension, I'm not sure what it would look like, and we don't need to delve into that right now, but you got to start locking some of these guys up. Obviously, Julio got locked up. Obviously, Luis Castillo got locked up, but Logan Gilbert, George Kirby, and Cal Raleigh are the three that I think you really need to look at right now this season as to what kind of contract you can get them on. Because if... I, I don't foresee a world where George Kirby signs an extension before it's like his final year. I don't think it happens. Logan, on the other hand, has talked about how he wants to be a Mariner for life. Mm -hmm. And now so has his best friend, Cal. So, I don't know. There, maybe there's something there, and maybe if they can get the vibes going in there, they can be like, hey, we all want to be Mariners for life. Yeah. Because no, I feel like it's a pretty tight-knit group with a lot of the core guys. Mm -hmm. um, so if they can get that, and obviously the Mariners had signed JP to an extension as well. I think that this is the time with so much of the core in in on the team right now, it'd be a good time to start extending these guys. Just finishing up here with the spring training stuff, Luis Arias, it's a shoulder, right? It's yeah. a shoulder like that? Sore shoulder, you know. just not really throwing across the diamond at this point in time, which yeah. is then allowing the Matt Chapman drum to get pounded a bit more, which is it's kind of ironic timing a little bit. But yeah, Luis Arias didn't have a great Mexican Winter League which was other information that kind of not it, yeah like, i wouldn't say it like surfaced at the wrong time but it was kind of like another ironic situation where it's like oh he's got a sore shoulder and we're worried about his you know how he's gonna look next year and we go and look at his stats over the winter and they were pretty abysmal yeah i found it funny that people just started harping on that that's been known now for months yeah it's been out there you it's know? just like it was something that i think just kind one of, person posted on twitter and they were like oh my god and it just gets brought into the public eye and it's like oh lord because if you'd been looking at urius's like winter minor league whatever page on reference you'd have seen it not to say that i saw it before that i had no idea i didn't no, look. i didn't i didn't either but like it's care. been there <laughs> yeah i i truly do not care sure like doesn't, okay it doesn't impact your opinion about Luis urius not at all. Sure. Let's see. One more thing about spring training, then we can move on here. Joe. Uh-huh. The jerseys are bad. Okay. But Joe, the, Joe, the pants. They're... The pants the... are really bad. I don't know if it's MLB's attempt to cater to, you know, a, you know, a different audience this time around with the pants. If they're a little bit see-through, there's, there's, there's an audience out there that will enjoy it. Well, Cal Especially, lost a lot of weight. His dumper's kind of gone now. Mm, but I'm telling you, he at the time of him not being big dumper anymore, when you were talking about that, is he was probably just cutting. Now is the time to get back to bulking. He's back at camp. It's time for him to really get back into full big dumper form. And those fanatic pants, dude, I'm a big fit. No, they're awful. Absolutely terrible. It's like it's it is worse than our high school. Like uniform. Oh, by far, by it's so, far, it's so bad. Our high school uniform was actually kind of nice. No, they're they're decent, and it's just <laughs> they like, were decent. This is, I think, 
Mike Cameron responded to Ty Dane Gonzalez's tweet about like the Michael Chavis jersey that came out. Dude, it's <laughs> so bad. But it's like he said, like Mike Cameron said, it was like a $15 billion company. Like, of course, like, you know, it's this industry that's huge. And yet we're putting out these uniforms. It's so frustrating because you want to think that like oh yeah they, they have what's like best in mind like with you know i feel like nike's not a bad place to go as far as like a jersey or equipment thing like i'd say nike's a pretty like it's a brand that's out there that you're like yeah i can see where they're going with that and then they just completely mess it up they just drop the ball more so than i think anybody could have ever imagined i mean they already messed up the jerseys last year too they were like yeah low or like like sponsorships on the jerseys no what are we, NASCAR drivers? Yeah, I mean, I understand where that's going. I mean, NBA's had it for a while. So it's like, I'm I'm not, I'm okay with a, a single sponsor on the sleeve. Yeah, so Cal, uh, you know, how do you feel about today's game? Well, first off, I'd like to thank this Cheerios baseball bat for really hitting that ball good for me. Colton, I know we're not excited about the jerseys, but... There was there was a Reddit, a little Reddit thread that got posted to to Mariners Twitter. And I you you are very, very excited about this. So I'm gonna let you take the reins here for a second. This is this is this is you. Have your moment. Guys, guys, Mariners commercials are back, baby. Hopefully. Yeah. What do you mean? We, there there's no shot. There's no world where the starting pitching rotation is standing in a dump truck. What do you mean? That's that's just so happenstance. It'll just be like the supernatural thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a commercial. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, the the junk in the trunk for the pitchers. Then of course you have Big Dumper. You got to make a play on that. I'm interested to see what kind of commercials they do this year. Like, obviously, it's been since twenty, I think twenty nineteen, maybe even twenty eighteen, since they've done commercials for the Mariners and. I'm looking forward to it, man. Like, I, if I have to go back, there are times where I will go on YouTube and just watch all the old Mariners commercials. Isn't there a playlist of it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. They're good. I mean, what's what's your favorite? Do you have a favorite? I feel like Larry Bernandez is just a... It, that's the one that sticks with me the most. I don't know why. It's not even, like, from, like, my earliest childhood situation, but, like, I just think that one's super funny. Like, I, mm-hmm. I enjoy that one. That one will get a chuckle out of me every single time. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's very iconic, mm-hmm. you know? I think that I really liked the Nelson Cruz ones, like the like his auto repair, mm-hmm. or his glass repair, because he was breaking all the windows. Yeah. Um, I liked, they were throwing stuff up to uh, Robinson Cano, and who was it? I think it was Eric Wedge was in the commercial. Yeah, I was he, like, he was, hit it. He was in the Larry Bernanke here. One. Yeah, true. Yeah. Maybe it wasn't Eric Wedge. Anyway, he was like, hit it to this spot, hit it to this spot, and Robbie's hitting it exactly where he's telling him to. And he, uh, no, it was Lloyd McClendon and Lloyd goes, yeah, now hit the guy putting flyers on my car. <laughs> and then Cano hits it and almost hits the guy putting flyers on the car. It was, it's so funny. So I'm looking forward to it. Um, you know, maybe we talk about this a little bit beforehand. I'll make a, I'll make a video about my, my top five marriage commercials of all time. Thoughts? I mean, I'm all for it. As long as Bernandez is in there or even just an honorable mention for me in my, in the spirit of me, I'll, I'll take it. No, no. No shot? Okay. And I'll also do a little review of the commercials, because why not? You know? Why not? I, we need content right now. Until the game starts, there's really nothing. We can't really see a whole lot, so. You know? Yeah. But you know what we did, we did see a lot of, Joe? What's that? 
is Levi Stout in the in the major leagues last year. He wasn't very good, okay? But he's uh-huh. back with the Mariners now. He had been DFA'd by the Reds, right? Yeah. The Reds. He, he, got he went in the Castillo trade. Right. And then uh, Mariners picked him back up and DFA'd Kane and Smith and Jigba. So that was a very short-lived, you know, the two brothers in Seattle. But mm-hmm. Levi Stout's probably your number seven now. When So I was talking about, like, Anthony DiScofani kind of being that guy. Adding Levi Stout to the mix definitely gives you more depth should somebody get hurt, and hopefully the Mariners can turn him around. Because when he was with the Mariners, he was pretty good. Mm-hmm. I think that he was one of their better pitching prospects, which is obviously, you know, sending him to uh, Cincinnati in that trade. Obviously, the prize was Noel Marte, Like, no doubt. That was mm-hmm. that was the prize of that trade for the Reds. But Levi Stout, they, had, they definitely had some hope for him, and it just it just didn't work out for him. It's something that he mentioned upon coming back of like, I hope that there's like some, like, not I hope he's looking forward to the stability, the familiarity, and also like being able to, he knows what the pitching lab, the pitching, you know, just the coaching staff in general has done for other pitchers within the organization. He's looking forward to coming back to that. He said, I'm pretty sure. And so, you know, whether he's ahead of Austin Voth, I'd say he probably is just as far as like a longer like starting pitching replacement should injury or whatever happen maybe they call upon him first instead of emerson hancock if they want hancock to develop more maybe there's like yeah levi stout he's a bit more like we've kind of seen enough out of him versus like they think they may be able to develop hancock a little bit more i'm not entirely sure but regardless it is more starting pitching depth that i think people will be happy that the mariners have at the end of the day and in terms of additions being made to this ball club, both Justin Hollander and Jerry Depoto went on the radio this week and talked about that. First and foremost, we'll talk about Jerry Depoto here, who said that in terms of big additions, they're probably done. They're not going to see a big, like, major addition to this team. And that is indirectly talking about Matt Chapman, obviously. Probably. Because that's that's the one where everyone's that everyone's been talking about recently. And we're, what, two days away from games? And half of the big free agents are still out there it's so stupid the reigning nl cy young Mm -hmm. is unsigned that's crazy baseball has a problem so then that's it that's the problem it's a scott boris problem personally that's true (laughs) that's that's true i think that we all kind of knew that we all knew that there wasn't going to be like any more big additions in my opinion with that being said, Justin Hollander did say he wasn't, quote, turning his phone off, and mm-hmm. he still wanted to find ways to help this team. Jerry said that it's probably going to be more on the margins, you know, so on, on a 40-man roster, guys towards the end of the 40-man roster, Levi Stout's a good example. Yeah. Like, he he helps this team, but he's not necessarily going to change the way this team looks. So the team that you see right now, the 26-man, probably going to stay pretty close to what it is right now. I could see changes happening on the bench, or maybe, you know, to the to the bullpen, but we don't... We don't know how it's set up as it is. There's still, like we talked about before, a few battles in camp. But I think that any big addition, like they said, is off the table. Maybe a small addition here or there. That's the one thing with, like, they're talking about this big addition. And, like, I think it was an article by Kramer. Daniel Kramer talking about, like, what it would take for Matt Chapman to be a Seattle Mariners. Like, they would ha- it would have to be this huge discount to what he was originally seeking this off season. And then the numbers being thrown out are like three years, 36 or yeah, three years, 36 million. And I think that's what you asked me about last time. And I just kind of laughed at you because it seems so un unrealistic. Like it's not, there's no way Matt Chapman's going to sign for three for 36 
when other teams out there like the Giants and the, even going back to Toronto or maybe like Chicago, like there seems like there's better fits out there for him than the Mariners. And if they're also just going to offer him 336, I feel like he'd take those as opposed to Seattle just because the park maybe or playing time that yeah. you'll see. Like, I don't know. It's just it doesn't seem like a, a huge fit for the small money that he'd be receiving compared to what he wanted. And that, I think, speaks to like Jerry's comments on that radio show of just like not a high profile thing. It's like, yeah, okay. Like you're saying that's Matt Chapman basically. And Hollander saying he doesn't want to like shut himself out from making the team better. Would Matt Chapman make the team better with maybe figuring out Luis Arias, his arms, like his shoulders sore. Like, sure. There's like, there's opportunity. I'm not going to say that Matt Chapman for the right price would make this team better to some extent, but for what's realistic, I can't see three for, Three years, thirty-six million for Matt Chapman. It just—it's—it's it's not gonna happen. And if it does, this is another. I'll get a Dylan Cease tattoo. I'll get a Matt Chapman tattoo. Okay, I'll get three slash thirty-six on somewhere on my body if he signs three years, thirty-six million with the Seattle Mariners. I'll do it. It's just because I'm so confident that it's not gonna happen. I I think that there's more likelihood that that happens than the cease trade ever happening. Yeah, that was the yapper that I was gonna get. Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah. This one has a little yeah, uh, a little bit, a little bit um, more life. I don't think so. I found it interesting that they had discussed it as late as this month. Yeah, it's a recent thing. It's like it's something maybe not even recent, but like it's a continued conversation. Mm-hmm. So again, I I don't foresee it happening. It just doesn't make sense in my opinion unless we find out like the Urias is going to have surgery and it's going to be out. You know what I mean? Or something to that extent. And even then, you probably just roll with Josh Rojas over there. Josh Rojas and Dylan Moore at third base and call it, you know. Mm -hmm. As for the rest of that radio spot, there wasn't really a whole lot more to talk about. DePoto did mention, or no, it was Hollander that mentioned. One of them mentioned, all right? (laughs) One of them mentioned that, like, they never even... Went past the line of scrimmage when it came to trades for Gilbert, Castillo, or Kirby. He said it just wasn't going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, they had discussed, you know, the other members of the starting staff, but he just never said said that they never came close to the asking price they wanted. So, in, in the end, it's good, in my opinion. At the beginning of this offseason, I said, you have to trade one of Miller or Wu. You have to. And now here we are, sitting here on February 22nd, and I think that it's a good thing that they didn't. Two days from now, we are going to see the Mariners and White Sox suit up for an actual baseball game. We are this close to seeing the Mariners back in action. And if you guys are heading down to Peoria, down to spring training, go ahead and check out this video on the screen right now, a guide to spring training down in Arizona. We appreciate you guys watching episode 63 of the Hit It Here podcast presented by Bet Online, the Rob Whalen episode. And go Mariners.